Alright, what's up everyone? Welcome back to the Rockcast. We are on a late season deer hunt right now with Robbie Danning. And we also have Travis Hobbs with us. Hello. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're day five in, I guess through the season anyways. And yeah, I thought we'd just talk about the hunt and then go through Travis's background a little bit. Talk about some of the deer that he shot. Um, but first, before we kick it off, we want Robbie to tell the story. Which story? We've told a lot the, the last couple the one days. That Travis needs to hear. Yeah, come on. About the office. Okay, so this is how this started. Um, somebody was asking us. I think somebody recognized that we were with Rockslide today, and I told Robbie, "People think you're so serious, but if they really hunted with you, they'd be like, what the hell is yeah, this guy?'" Yeah, train right. <laughs> goes, too much, too fast. <laughs> and he goes. Um, he goes, yeah, I put my underwear on the same as everybody else. And I was like, probably backwards. <laughs> you're just like, you're like, yeah, the other day I had a trainer come up to me and was like, hey, your shorts are on backwards. Yep, yep. I work in a gym. I've got I've got 28 trainers that I manage. And I was out there uh, working out the other day, and one of them come up to me and said, hey, your, your gym shorts are on backwards. And sure enough, man, the pockets were facing <laughs> My, my buttocks, but then that led into the other story. Is that the story you wanted me to tell? Yeah, that's the story because Travis hasn't heard yeah. it yet, okay. and he really wanted okay. to hear it. So I got like 28 trainers that I manage, and about 18 or 19 of them are women. And I've, I've got an office that's in, in, the, in the back of the trainer's area. And, you know, it's my office. It's my space. I do what I want. If I want to get naked and change my clothes, I do. And so, you know, I always lock the door and, you know, I, I'm, I usually work out just about every day. So I got to change my clothes and I don't want to go downstairs to the locker room. So I just lock my door and change my clothes. Well, I don't know. This was this was a long time ago, like seven or eight years ago. But, you know, the reputation goes on for years and years and years. And so every time there's a new trainer that gets hired, the girls all tell them this story to warn them that do not go in Robbie's office without knocking very loud and announcing that you're coming in. And, and the reason why is I had this, this sweet gal that worked there and, and uh, you know, pretty innocent, kind of quiet. We'll leave the names out. And uh, I, I decided I was going to go work out. I was, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. So I went over and I pushed the lock in on the door and it was just that little push button kind. And I must have not got it in all the way. And I thought it was in all the way. So I get completely naked i think i had my socks on and uh so right then the phone rings and i'm like oh crap i gotta answer the phone you know front desk calling me about something so so my back is to the door and i go over and the phone's on kind of a low desk so i'm a little bit bent over and i got my arm on the thing <laughs> talking on the phone and i hear a click like a door click and i'm like oh man i'm glad my door's locked but then i heard the like the swoosh of the door open and i turn around and We'll just call her Mary. Mary and I made eye contact, okay? And I'm basically bare naked. And so she heard him slam the door. You know, I'm on the phone with a customer. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I can't believe this just happened. So I don't even know why we're telling this on a podcast other than Jordan thought it was so funny. It's hilarious. It Travis hilarious. wanted to hear it. It's so funny. That's what I mean. I'm pretty much a train wreck. So now anytime they hire somebody new, they they always give them that warning. Man. Be careful going <laughs> in Robbie's office. He can undress so fast you can't believe it. Do you think uh, you could squeeze that one in about going up to the hot springs? 
Oh, yeah. People sure. love stories, Robbie. Okay, you bet, you bet. That's so why we're at it. I, I, I'm a happily married man, and uh, the reason I know I'm happily married because there was a time I was unhappily married to another lady a long time ago. God bless her. You know, this was a long, long time ago. We were married for just a short amount of time, and, and you know, we just weren't super compatible. And, you know, I, I was like a fart in a skillet all the time, you know, going buck hunting all the time and scouting and, and – wanted her to go with me and you know she was afraid of that stuff because she's like man every time i go with you i get rained out frostbite <laughs> i mean there's just always a problem and so i told her well we should go scouting in the summertime you know that's that's when it's just gentle and everything's nice so so i got this scouting strip all all ready to go and everything and you know yeah, she's all about the details like you know what time are we going to get there and we're going to be able to get the tent set up i remember that one time we tried to set the tent up and it was you know three in the morning and then it collapsed you know she's reminding me of all this crap i pulled and so i'm like oh no we we're going to leave at like eight o'clock in the morning we are we are we are golden well 4 30 that afternoon i'm still running around looking for stuff i've lost can't find my pack can't find my binoculars you know can't catch the horses all that stuff we finally get on the road about five o'clock you know this is in in july and it doesn't get till dark till nine so i'm thinking well we're going to be fine even though it's a three-hour drive so we we get to the trailhead and you know it's a little dusky and of course she's common sense like well maybe we should just stay at the truck i'm like man you stay at the truck you don't get a scout in the morning we're going to miss a whole day you know so i talked her into it's it's no problem it's just straight up the canyon we're camping in the bottom you know it'll be a little dark when we get there but you know good horses flashlights we'll be fine so, you know, two hours later, we're finally getting on, on, the, on the trail. And um, I don't know, it's maybe nine miles to where we're going in. And so, what's that on a horse? You know, a couple hours. I'm thinking, okay, we're on the trail. We're going to be fine. Well, then thunder in the background. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. And I, and I remember, too, I had one really good rain slicker. And then one of those piece of crap ponchos you get at a gas station. So I gave that to her. And I put the, put the good one on me. And so, I mean, there's a reason we're not married anymore. And so, anyways, we're riding up the canyon. And, you know, and I can see this big thunderhead coming in. And I'm thinking, we're going to be fine. You know, a lot of times they're dry. You know, they just make a bunch of noise. You know, she's worried about lightning and stuff. I'm like, you know, we're clear down the bottom of the canyon. We're going to be fine. It wasn't 20 minutes later. The flashes were so bright. You know, I could see her back there, you know, fear in her eyes and just starts pouring. I'm like, oh, I cannot believe this happened again. She told me this was going to happen. And so I was telling Travis the night, it, it, it reminded me of the scene in, in – uh, uh, true grit when uh, when she gets bit by the snake in in the second true grit um, with Jeff Bridges and so he rides all night on that horse and he's like stabbing the horse with the knife you know <laughs> trying to get it to go and then it collapses and so then he carries her a little bit further and then you see that little light off in the distance that little lantern come on you know those people that and that had that little that little store it reminded me of that so we're riding up this creek bottom and I see this little light like up at the up ahead and I'm like oh yeah there's like a like a cabin up here like it's like like a hot springs and I've, i'd forgotten about it you kind of ride by it before you go up onto the forest so i'm like well i'm just gonna go in there and just beg that maybe we can stay there maybe they'll let us set a tent up outside of there so you know i'm knocking on the door and this guy answers the door and um i i don't know how old your crowd is that follows your podcast jordan but if you 
ever seen Deliverance. <laughs> it was one of those kind of people. <laughs> but he was really nice. Or maybe he had ulterior motives. I don't know. But he was like, oh, yeah, come on in, man. No problem. And got your little lady here. Heck, we got a back bedroom. You can stay in there. You might see a raccoon. But, heck, it's, it, we're all good. You guys can spend the night. And I'm like, do you have any corrals or anything? No, we don't have any corrals. We don't get many horse people. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm, they had this huge big, like, deck that you would walk out on before you go down to the hot springs. And, you know, big two-by-six uh, uh, cross members and, you know, four-by-four four uprights. And I said, well, I'll just tie them right here. They'll, they'll be fine. You know, they're well-trained. You know, these are awesome horses. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, if you think they'll be fine, you can just put them out there. So I did. I think we had three heads, so I tied them all up there and, you know, went to bed and, um, got up the next morning, bluebird morning. I thought, okay, we, we're going to be fine now. So I walk out on the patio and, you know, checking on the horses. I'm looking at them and <laughs> something ain't quite right with the patio. And I get looking. <laughs> oh, my gosh, my, my, my big gelding had chewed completely through the two-by-sixes. <laughs> and I think that they were like, in, in, they must have been infiltrated with like salt and because of the of the mineral hot springs that was there. I mean, he was he was still, he still had wood in his mouth, just chewing at me like, gosh, dad, this is awesome. And and the other horses had nibbled a little bit, but he probably ate a six or seven foot section out of this fence. And I'm like, oh, crap. I can't fix that thing. I mean, you can't even get a car up to that place it's all horseback in i'm like oh man what am i gonna do and i thought i'm just gonna saddle the horses and get out of here so <laughs> man i'm out there i'm out there i'm the best wrangling job i've ever done you know i'm getting the horses saddled and i think i ran in and woke her up and says hey we, we gotta go you know and so I, I just about got the horses saddled and Mr. Deliverance comes out on the patio, and he's got a cup of coffee, and he's kind of watching me down there. So the horse, and all of a sudden, I see him start looking around at the patio like, what in the world happened to my patio? So I had to go and face face him and say, hey, man, I am so sorry. I, I just imagine this wood must taste like salt. And he's like, my gosh, they ate it. There ain't even anything left. It's not like they just chewed it up and spit it out. They ate it. I said, yeah, I think it's in their stomachs. So he's like, dude, he goes, you know, my boss is going to freak out when he sees this. I say, yeah, I bet he's going to freak out. You got a bad problem. So, anyways, I just don't know what to do. You know, I mean, it's, I, I don't have any money. I mean, I'm just like, what do I do? I can't, I can't fix this. I'm, I'm not a carpenter. Gee, man, you'd have to have a pack string of mules to get enough lumber back here to fix this. Well, the night before, when, when, when we were getting settled, he complimented me on my rain slicker, how nice it was. And he didn't say anything about hers. There's just the gas station one. Next. So I told him, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll probably be up here next weekend, and. Um, and I'll tell you, what, I'm just going to give you my rain slicker for all your trouble, and then you know I'll I'll be back next weekend and I'll, I'll fix this. And you know, he was real sheepish, like <laughs> no, wasn't sure whether to let me go or get my name. But he's like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, just come back up, you know, bring bring some stuff in. We got to fix this. And <laughs> that was 30 years ago. I've never been back. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I won't even go near the canyon. <laughs> so, and that was a pretty good buck hunting spot. I still, it ain't worth going in there. I don't want to have to fix that patio. So, anyways, uh, that's the story. I can't believe you got that out of me. I got to listen to that <clears throat> two tents away, and the laughing that was coming out of that tent. Oh, 
I was like, what the hell are they talking about? I forgot how funny it was until I told it to Travis, and he was he was just about busted the gut listening to that. But it was pretty funny. So, anyways, what else are we talking about? Deer. Oh yeah, we we're deer hunting. All right, so we're we're late season. We. What is it? It's the 11th of November. We've been here since, when, when did we get here, Travis? The 4th? Uh, yep, I think so. 4th? We've been here about a week, almost yep. a week. I mean, we no, could we've just. Been here no, we've been here a week. Yep. We could help people out yeah, if we just tell them the state, the unit, and the drainage. Yeah. Oh, let, let me oh, see. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I can't remember where we're at. <clears throat> yeah. I can't either. I got confused. North, yeah. north of southern New Mexico. That'll get you close. It'll, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it oh, doesn't man. matter because anywhere in the Rocky Mountains until you get down to about central Arizona, and Travis, you can chime in on this. Um, I think the deer start rutting the last couple of days of October. I agree. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Especially depending on weather. Yep. Yep. And so w- since the, we got here a week ago, it was like the first week of November, and uh, everything's kind of running together. But we were seeing rutting bucks right when we got here. Yeah, right, right off the get-go. Yeah, at least around the does and everything. Mm-hmm. The tips I would give guys is – like there's kind of phases of the rut, and that early phase, say like before the fifth of November, it's not like you're going to catch bucks with does, you know, the middle of the day running them around, unless it's a big cold snap, like what Travis said. Sometimes they will, but it, I always start with the does in the mornings. You know, I want to know where does are, and I want to be glassing those hillsides because mm-hmm. it seems like those bucks will be around them, even if they leave them. You, you, a lot of times you still have an opportunity to catch them around them. Yeah, and like since the weather had come in, so what? When did weather come in? Um, the day I got here. Yeah, it was. Or, or it was the day of season. Yeah, the <clears> weather <throat> came in. Over- yeah, oh, actually, opening day we had we were had snow on the ground. Yeah, yeah. It snowed the night of the sixth. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. night of the sixth. So so yeah, we've had snow every day since uh, since it started. Mm-hmm. And and what Travis was saying, I, I don't even know why this why it even matters because the every biologist I've ever talked to said. The fawns in the Rocky Mountains states have to be born the first week of June if they're going to survive. If they're born too much earlier than that, then they can get wiped out by a spring storm. Mm. Born too much later than that, then they're too light going into winter. And so, Travis, you've worked on some mule deer mm-hmm. collaring studies. What what weeks are, are you seeing those fawns hit the ground? Yeah, I think that is like the first weekend in, or first week in June, second week in June. And it's pretty interesting, you know. It was in northern Utah we were doing that, and you would kind of see it had started off, and then, but that peak when it hit, it was very, I mean, it was quite amazing. And really, the, all the fawns that are hitting the ground in 15, 20 days, like right there, and it's pretty close, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I always wondered about that second, you know, you got your first estrus cycle and then the second estrus cycle, and you'll see bucks sometimes chasing does. I mean, even after, I've seen them even into 10th. 12th of December yep, me too but it's pretty amazing like watching that that uh that fawn study how fast it was and they were all right there yep it's like a bell curve and I've had a couple biologists say that you know that serves a couple purposes not only are they hitting the ground when they have the best chance to survive but it overwhelms the predators too and I never thought about this so they explained it to me that that when they have that many fawns on the ground the predators get full like, you know, because they, they do knock mm-hmm. the crap out of them. When I was doing that one in Idaho, yep. you know, we were losing them to coyotes and cats and all that stuff. But they say it would be worse if they were spread out over a long a long uh, birth, uh, birthing period. Like mm-hmm. when you get below about central Arizona, it spreads out. The fawns get born over a much longer 
amount of time and everything. And so it's just mm -hmm. kind of a survival thing. So what does that have to do with what we're talking about right now? It's about 200 days between the 15th of November and the 15th of June, roughly. And so th that's, th that's to me when the peak of the rut really is, is if you Makes can, sense. if you can start hunting past mm -hmm. about the 5th of November, unless you just got hot, dry weather, mm -hmm. you should be, you should be hunting does. And that's pretty much what we've been doing. Yep. Like covering the numbers type of deal. Do you think, so like tonight, uh, you know, Robbie, you and I, well, you glassed up a good buck mm -hmm. that we went after today. Travis, you did the same thing. Yep. So would you say that those bucks are going to be probably on those same does for another, <clears throat> you know, I mean, that's a good question. And yeah. like, like the buck, I, right before light, right before it got dark. I mean, I think he will be there tomorrow morning, but it, it's interesting. You know, he kind of, there was, there was definitely a hot doe and a couple bucks kind of working, smaller bucks working around that doe. And then he come in, kind of, you know, whoop their butts. I can't say, mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> whoop it's their butts. It's a family podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. It is whoop explicit. Whoop their asses. I'll yeah. just say it yeah. for <laughs> So that kind of happened, and he come down in there, and they kind of moved down, but it'll be really interesting tomorrow. Like, I'm going to get on that thing first thing in the morning and see what happened there. Um, but they kind of moved down a little lower where I couldn't see them. But I, I think they're going to be sticking with a hot doe. I think they're going to, those bucks are going to find a hot doe and I think they're going to keep working at night. The, like the buck Robbie was on, you know, Robbie mentioned he saw a pretty good buck and then another good buck come, or a better buck come down and he didn't really see does from his vantage point. No, and later when Jordan kind of was texting me where they were, I was able to kind of look from a long ways away and seeing a bunch of does down in the Quakies. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I mean, that, that's what they're all about right now. I think every group of does, I don't think it's been a few days since we've seen does with really not a buck around. I mean, almost right. every group's had Some of these something. ones that are by the road mm -hmm. or yeah. something, you know, the bucks have been chased off, but, but no, they're, they're right in with them. And so that's, it's, it's about hunting does to me this time of year. Yeah, and a lot of that's covering the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. getting <clears throat> hunting a place and getting yourself in a position where you can. Mm -hmm. Whether that's like we did a lot of just driving roads and hitting glassing points and, yep. Yep. and just cover them that way. But, uh, Robbie, you've done a lot this season. Like we were talking about a buck that your buddy killed. Mm -hmm. It was like the same day however long ago it was, and it was like 15 below or some crazy thing Yeah. by yeah. Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was a – that was a horseback hunt. That was a or horseback a back, uh, back country hunt, yeah. like seven or eight miles in. <clears throat> that was the first week in November. But like what Travis said, the weather can really tip it in your favor. And I don't know why the weather intensifies the rut. I, I really don't know why. But it does. You know, maybe they rut less at night and more during the day because it's cold. I, I have no idea. But mm -hmm. I know when, like, we got, we got a big storm in like Jordan said, opening day, and then it just got colder and snowier every day. We're five days into it now, and the rut just every day gets gets more intense. Um, but I guarantee if it turned off 60 degrees tomorrow, um, n number one, you lose your snow, so your visibility goes way mm -hmm. down. You just, you just don't get to see as many bucks. And, and you'll still see ruddy bucks, but they're just not out all hours of the day. It's kind, it's like kind of, yeah. So, man, when you get the snow and the cold together, that is not the time to sleep in or miss that mm -hmm. weekend or whatever. That's when you want to hunt. You can look at more bucks in two days when you got the weather like that than you can in, geez, two weeks of when it's just warm and dry. Yeah. And good glass really helped us on this because, like, 
<clears throat> Travis, you and I were talking when we hunted a couple of days ago. Was like you like to glass super long range. Yep. Like you want to glass from far enough. Like I don't even want to throw a number, but I mean four miles, three yeah, four miles for sure. at least. Yeah, as far and especially when the snow happens, you know that's the advantage that a like you really get is like when everything's white and those deer just pop from such a distance. I mean, and it really doesn't even take anything special just a pair of tens i mean and you can be very effective at those long distances when everything's white so yeah and as the further back i can get i feel like to me the more deer i can see and that's that's really what it's all about is you got to sort through a bunch of smaller ones to find that one mm -hmm. yep yeah we got to introduce travis Nobody <laughs> that's knows what i was is. just gonna <laughs> can i handle it you got it. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to embarrass him a little bit. I've been trying to get him on a podcast for about a year and a half, and he always ducks and hides, so we finally cornered him. <laughs> doesn't have a choice now because Jordan and I are here. But uh, uh, Travis is from Idaho, same place I'm from, and um, I started following him a couple of years ago, just hearing about you know, big bucks he'd taken, and uh, he got a hold of me one time. We went out to dinner, and Travis is legit. And uh, Travis, how many bucks have you killed over 200? Um I think I, I need to, let's see, I think it's four. Mm -hmm. So one, one was right there at, a, it was 199 and some change. That was all official. Um, and then, yeah, so it's four. And then a couple booners um, that made all time. And then uh, just some, uh, so, some typicals, nice bucks. And I don't know, for me, I don't know. I hate to brag or even talk about the deer <laughs> I've killed, but it, it, it's been lucky. You know what I mean? A lot of things just stars align a even, lot of even times. Even though you spend 50 days of your scout, <laughs> it's been lucky. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm lucky to live where I do and hunt the way I do. And, yeah, so it's been, yeah. But you hunt multiple states. You live in Idaho. Yep. You, hunt, you hunt Utah. Um, we're hunting here. You've done other states yeah, too, Yeah, Wyoming. Right? I've hunted um, – yeah, I've actually been up into Canada, been down to um, southern Arizona. We've tried to mix it up and hunt just about everywhere we can possibly get a mule deer tag. It's my favorite thing by far. Um, like this hunt, I think this six years, not this exact area, but s somewhere similar. Um, yeah, so try to do it as much as possible and, yeah, just get after it. Well, and the, the the other thing about Travis is everything he's talking about, those are all DIY hunts. I guess Canada wasn't, but yeah. everything else yep. is DIY, right? Yeah, no, and everything, yeah, everything's, I I guess uh, I've really pushed um, just trying to get tags that I can get on a regular basis. Like, for instance, this, I mean, I, I'm not a point sitter. I don't want to be. I want to go hunting as much as possible. Um, most of my stuff, general season, um you know public land there was some private stuff but i mean that was like it's not like big tracks of private land i was hunting it's small tracks that you know somebody down the road owns and you can get on and yeah just easy stuff and that's kind of basically what all that's been so all right well um uh, he, he's he's real bashful so it's hard for him to talk about <laughs> this stuff but i'll, I'll just say it um i, I live in idaho I, I i'm connected to a bunch of buck hunters travis is only 34 years old and has killed that many big deer. And so um, um, he, when he talks about deer hunting, I like to listen. Uh, I've already learned a lot from him this week. He's an intense glasser. He can stay out all day in one very 
relatively small place and glass and, and turn up a lot of bucks. I'm a little more hyper than that. I kind of jump around a little bit. But uh, anyway, so it's good good to have you on there, Travis, and just wanted to introduce you so people knew that, you know, we're, you're not just Johnny come lately. And uh, Travis, tell us a little bit. I, I know you killed a really famous buck about three years ago, <laughs> and some people might already know about it. But tell us about Scar. Yeah, so um, that season, it was uh, 2017. Right after um, the hard winter. Yep, it was just after the hard winter. Um, I had a Wyoming tag, and then uh, also we had some other tags. But to kind of kick that season off, how it all started, is I was able to take a 226-inch buck I'd been chasing in Idaho, This uh, the buck. He was a two had a 200 and I think it was 12 inch frame and had some extras and he was just amazing a three and a half year old deer it's pretty right. amazing. We lab aged him and yep. he was three and a half. It's quite uh, pretty interesting. That was so, an archery buck. Yep, that was an archery buck. Um, that summer, I ended up finding a really good buck in Wyoming on a scouting trip and this buck was like uh, 35 inches wide, just a a real giant and. As summer progressed, so we spend multiple days going up to Wyoming. Usually when I get the tag, I try to spend as much time as possible. And we saw that buck and spent a bunch of time on him, uh, put out trail cameras. Man tried to glass him after the initial time. You found him in July, right? Yep, it Glassing was July. from a road. <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. <laughs> I got a late start heading to where I wanted to go. And kind of just uh, decided, well, we'll go up here, we'll scout in here. And it was really a kind of a whim. It was a lucky deal that I ever even ended up there. And just happened to turn out this buck. And at the time, to be 100% honest, I never, I, I would never have thought it was that Scar buck. And Give us people just a short history yeah, so, of Scar. Not, so not, Scar not was kind of... What happened was, is he was really quite famous on the Wyoming winter range, and there was a lot of guys getting pictures of him. I mean, some really good hunters, um, some guys with a, you know, a big social media following. And the first time I ever saw, I think I can't remember who it was. Somebody shared him, and this buck, I if and I could be wrong, but I think he was uh, there right before the year before I killed him. It was like a two. He was over 250. I mean, he was just unbelievable. Giant. Just an unbelievable Stickers buck. Everywhere. Yeah. Looked like a Christmas tree. And if you put in, you know, in a Google search or something, pictures of Scar in his premium on the winter range, it's really quite something to see. But, anyways, so that scouting trip, I turned up a buck that looked to be mid 30s, um, had a downturn main beams and a split cheater on one side you know starting i mean he wasn't quite finished out yet but he was a giant and as time progressed i the next day so i saw him in the morning i decided i would go get a better vantage point and try to get closer because again it was a super long ways away i really tried to glass that way um i tried to get a little closer didn't turn him up that night i took some cameras in there and they didn't turn up anything and i just spent a bunch of time in there and i never turned him back up did you know it was scar the first time you saw no you just i'll be honest I, I just knew that like that buck i'm i'd shoot him first day right. oh you know no problems asked well as scouting went we try to i don't know and i i really try to scout very big i try to go as many places as i can 
And me and my wife actually went to another spot and we turned up a bunch of good bucks. I think we ended up with, I don't know, five or six, like over 180 in this one spot. And that was amazing to me. And I'm like, well, how can I ignore that? You know, and as it come down, decided that we were going to hunt there on the opening day. And what happened was, is snow came it was just brutal people packed in there it was kind of a there was a lot of traffic in there and i actually ended up riding my mule right by one of those bucks at like 30 yards i mean just a giant 195 i rode right up to it in a snowstorm and some quakies i couldn't get my gun out of the scabbard little did i know that was going to be the best thing that happened to me that <laughs> season Let it was just a yeah it was just a bad deal i i, I at the time i thought man i screwed the pooch like it's over and you hadn't well, seen scar no the rest hadn't of the summer, seen yep almost starting to yep, question what you'd even say for sure about. and so we kept hunting in that spot where we'd saw those bucks and the next weekend ended up trying to branch out a little bit and going back and i decided well i got to go back in there and look for him and i had really rode him off i thought it was a fluke deal i mean how can i not turn him up well it was i believe yeah, it was on the Sunday before um, I killed him. So it was a week before I killed him. It was the second weekend on the Sunday. There were some snow squalls coming in, and I was uh, riding my mule in. We were up on a vent glassing point. Um, a elk hunter came down off the mountain uh, in a pretty popular place. It wasn't, you know, super remote, but we, I mean, we were ways off the road, but. An elk hunter came down off a place, and he ended up, he had a bugle around his, elk season had started. <laughs> he uh, ended up bugling down into this drainage, and little did that guy know, Scar was just down below embedded. And out of the corner, I was kind of watching this guy. I watched him bugle, and he was walking back up to his horse, and I watched Scar stand up. And that was the first time I think I realized, I was like, that's got to be him. Uh -huh. um, so it's the second time you've seen him. Second you saw him time. Saw in July, now yep, September. Yep. Okay. What's really made me sick is I was only, I think I was only, it was maybe a mile as the crow flies from where I'd saw him uh -huh. earlier and spent a bunch of time in there. And so just, it was quite a deal. Well, as it happened, a snowstorm came in that night that afternoon i could not get on him and i had to go to work like i had been just i had some big contracts i had to fulfill that week um found him on that sunday and had to go to work for four days and that was the longest four days of my life knowing <laughs> gotcha. where that buck so lived he, he got up when that guy yep. took off went around the hill and not like it was in a big hurry but it was I put the, a piece of the puzzle that I thought gotcha. this but is going to happen. Yep, and I gotcha. had to leave. So went to work for four days. That was a long four days. Um, on my way back up, I think it was Thursday night. Man, me and Robbie have been laughing. Sometimes, you know, I have it. <laughs> We're both ADD. Yeah, bad. Yes. It's horrible, and it's diagnosed. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> and I ended up, I mean, I'm just a shit show. I When I get thinking about something like that and that deer it's all i can think about hell i ended up leaving my binoculars drove hours had to have my wife bring them up to me she actually found them on the counter i didn't even know i'd forgot them 
So anyways, we'd work all that out and Friday morning we hunted. So Friday, Saturday, um, all day just glassing and could not turn this deer up. And it was, it's, I mean, the only thing I had was that I knew I had saw him twice. And I mean, months separation, like I knew he had to be there. And it turned out Sunday afternoon, it was getting late, ended up spotting the buck spotting him again what was he doing was he out feeding? bedded uh-huh. and it was Sparty actually uh-huh. it's actually the only deer i have ever i have ever seen bed facing uphill uh-huh. he was unbelievably smart um the area he lived in it still amazes me anyways ended up shooting ended up i worked down i got about 800 yards and i really thought about letting him stand up there and i i <sighs> played it in my mind and I'm like well I think I can get a little closer and I but I knew as I went down the hill and got closer that I was taking a big risk at not being able to see him but that whole thing about I just wanted to be I just wanted to know and so we went down me and my mule and kill him not Mm -hmm. just exactly and so we went down the hill got 400 yards um I think it was about 400 and as I as I grabbed my gun out, of, I tied my mule up. I grabbed my gun out of the scabbard, Could and I you remember. Still see him? So I'm I'm looking or? up now at this point. We were so about below. 800. I was about straight across. When I got down to 400, I'm looking up at him, and I pull up my binoculars as soon as I get my gun out, and I see him up feeding. Mm-hmm. So he's got. And up. he's yep, and he's just up feeding. Has no idea I'm there. Is he by himself? By himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. No other bucks. And no That's other bucks. That's yep. amazing. Yep. All by himself. It was actually October first, first, uh, first October second, I think. Yeah, but they third. should still. Yeah, but still. Ninety-five yeah. percent of them are running with, with other, other bucks. bucks. Yeah. Man, I had a Harris bipod on my gun. I pulled that out, and that, <laughs> to, to, how crazy this is! It exploded. Uh-huh. It literally come apart on me. Uh-huh. I had springs. My my bipod and how that works. I mean, I had to use that bipod. I don't know how many times, uh-huh. and it was like, man, maybe. It, I, I remember thinking this is not a good sign. And I, so I grab and I had my backpack and I got down. He was headed up and over a hill, feeding away, feeding away from me at a sharp angle, going away from me. When he went. I had literally minutes to shoot. I mean, or seconds. It really was no time. I got down and I shoot a gun that's kind of, uh, it's got some hash marks in it anyways, but I- You can dial or you can hash. Yep, exactly. So I had no time to dial. I got that range and I shoot 400 yards. I get one shot, Mm -hmm. boom, it's gone. I wasn't really, I mean, I was good and solid, and I don't miss at 400 yards, or I tried. I, I, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but I was wound up, and didn't see him drop. Didn't see him drop. Didn't hear anything. Bucks out of sight. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did I get him? And I'm glassing up there, and I can't see anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So, I decide, and he's headed in. He was kind of coming down a like a finger ridge. And there was another drainage off to the other side of him. And I thought, okay, if I missed, I better, I better go to the top and work down that ridge that he went over really slow. And so, and just in case I missed and I could maybe get another shot. So we went up there. I, when I say we, me and my mule, 
we went up, (laughs) I went up there, tied her up and I kind of started working down the hill and I'm looking and nothing, taking my time, nothing, nothing, no sign of a deer. Well, as I got down, I had marked a spot. There was some like cliffs underneath where he was bedded. He, there was some, some pretty good sized logs tipped over. Um, it was kind of, it was in a burn area and there was a, this one log that was just very, I, I, I marked it. I'm like, okay, I got it. When I come down there, there's this big old set of buck tracks and it was walking. It walked up and over the hill and basically out of sight. And I'm looking in that set you of tracks. You used the log to mark that yep, spot. Yep, where so it was standing, mm-hmm. where, where he was standing. Man, I get up there and there is no sign of blood, mm-hmm. nothing. And I sat down on that log, and I remember feeling so sorry for myself. I'm like, like you this. blew it on the biggest, like, who's ever going to believe this? That you even got a shot at Yeah, I mean, that's right. just total craziness. And I remember sitting there thinking, man, you blew it. You blew it. And I'm mad at myself that I didn't shoot from, like, eight. Because I think I could have got multiple shots from 800. Like, I mean, just yeah. the way it was all, I could have at least got to a good look at him, even if he went over into the next drainage. And I'm upset. Well, I'm sitting there and I look down. I look up at my mule and it just hit me. I'm like, well, okay, where did I have her tied up at? Let's make sure we're at the right spot. And I'm ranging down there and I'm looking and I can't see. I tied her up to a tree that was uh, it was pretty unique. And I'd, I'll never forget it because it was almost like something had put it there because uh-huh. the tree had been snapped in half and it was a perfect, like it was like a hitching post. Uh-huh. And I had marked that spot as where I wanted to come when I come off the hill from the 800 yards down in to get a little closer. Well, I can't see it. And I'm like, okay, this isn't making sense. And I look down the hill to my ride a little ways, and there's this other big log, and I go down there. So you'd been at the wrong log. I was at the wrong spot. Even though there was big buck tracks right there. Yeah, and I think it was probably him walking all over. Yep. Yep, and I go down there blood shooting out both sides of him it was a perfect shot he went about 20 yards and he was tipped over there dead man i'll tell you what when you walk up to that Mm -hmm. bug and when i realized that was like when i realized without doubt that it was it was that buck because you had seen so many pictures of him he had turned down main beams on both sides Mm -hmm. yeah split cheaters yeah and and his split cheater so (laughs) he actually had broke that off since the, the july when i when I had seen him, he had broke that off between then and when I killed him. Mm-hmm. But man, he was like 30, he was 35 and change wide. And I think he's officially, I had him officially, well, I had an official score measure him. And I think he was like 215 and some change. Uh-huh. Um, just an unbelievable buck. That winter was super brutal on him. And yeah, I, he'd lost 20, yeah. 30 inches. And we lab-aged him. Robbie uh, sent that off, and it was eight and a half. Eight and a half years old. Years old. He made it through that winter. Yeah. And, and for those of you who don't, don't know, we had 200% of normal snow in that country in that winter. And we lost a lot of deer. Yep. And he made it. Yep. And it was unbelievable, man. And then, like, after it all, all was said and done, you know – talking the game warden I, I had talked to him later and you know and he was telling me a story about when scar was uh i think he it would have been about five years earlier and he had been just beat up they found him in this wash figured it on the winter they range beat up by another buck. yep and actually he thinks that's where he got that scar so he has a scar on his yep. nose right? and that's kind of where that name come from i think that was david long that mm-hmm. named him that mm-hmm. um 
anyways, there was a couple other names floating around, but I just kind of kept with that one. Um, yeah, he uh, yeah had a scar on his nose, and there was, but that game warden, I think it was him and a biologist, if I remember the story correctly, um, were out checking the winter range, saw him, and figured they were going to go back and find him dead in that wash. He was and, so beat up. Yep, he was so beat up. And, you know, just a crazy story. And then to find out, you know, and I, at the time, I, I spent quite a bit of time out there on that winter range. But, you know, to find out, and the game warden told me exactly where he was wintering, um, how the distance that those deer walk from Wyoming is just mind-blowing, you know, what they do how to go How far to did he estimate he I, summered to winter? Man, I, I can't remember exactly, but I wanted to say, like, uh, as the crow flies, it was, like, 60, 70 miles. Wow, that's Yeah, amazing. it's just amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's just, and it's incredible that, you know, those deer can, yeah. So what'd you learn from that buck? You know, the biggest thing is, is, you know, I, I talked with Robbie about this, um, is, man, you can't give up. When you find a big deer, you really can't give up on it, and... You know, Robbie, it's kind of funny, Robbie, that spot Robbie was in last year when Jordan filmed Robbie, mm -hmm. you know, Robbie found a Did big buck, and, you know, oh, yeah. and he stuck with that. And man, that is so hard to do, but it is it so is. important to do. And because, I didn't get him. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that's how it goes, is, I mean, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. You usually don't get them, but you got to stick with them. And like, when you learn something like that, and to think... That if I would have wrote that off and never yeah. went back there, and really it was pretty lucky, you know, yeah. that it just all turned yep, out. Yeah, he'd have just so, died of old age. Yep. I don't think he'd have made it another year looking yep. at those teeth. And yep. We we had a bad winter that next For year sure. too. For sure. Yep. You know. So it's just amazing. Cool was, story, yeah. bud. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I got to know Travis was that that story and just a few other things. So, anyways, good to have you on the podcast. So. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah. For yeah. You Even bet. though we forced you. Yeah, we <laughs> held his arm behind his back. I like to stay <laughs> under the radar. He does. Yeah, and, and by the way, if you're looking for him on Instagram, he shut his Instagram you off. Won't find so him. we can't even, yeah. you can't even find mm -hmm. him right now. But if he ever turns it back on, it's Natural Born Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, Travis has the best camp of anybody oh, yeah. I've ever hunted with. I've Big always time. had the best camps. <clears throat> I've always had a, a wall tent, an insulated army tent. Man, I can. I can set it up, but my stuff's all old. Travis is all new. What are we staying in, Trav? So we have two Davis um, 10 by 12 tents. Um, cook tent? Yep, uh, a cook tent and then a sleep tent. And then Jordan's got her tent, too. I have a go tent. Yep, the Davis. That thing's really cool. It's a 9 by 10, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, it's a nice size tent. Yeah. yeah, stand up in it. And I got the floor sewn in, but it has like a zip out. Deal for the stove if you is want to put a stove in there. Is that for at night or putting a stove in? <laughs> That's for putting a stove <laughs> in. Okay, it is? Oh, I didn't know. Sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Actually, uh, it's a really nice tent. And I, two people can sleep in there, right? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that last night. If there was a stove in there, it'd be tight, but you could do it. Yeah. Um, but two people with no stove, you're good to go. Yeah, it, it, it's a nice little tent. So we're set up. And uh, gosh, Travis, what? tell us about your stove. That so, is a mm -hmm. mind blower. To yeah, me. I, and honestly, it is. So I bought, I found a stove or a. There's a pellet adapter for a wood stove, and I actually found that it was cylinder stove, and I. Hmm. Is it somewhere in Utah? Is it is Chester it? or it's anywhere? Just Anyways, cylinder stoves. yeah, cylinder stoves. Well, they offer a pellet attachment that you can put, and you can actually add it to any stove. Um, when I got it, we tried some some pellets. Um, they didn't work. <laughs> One brand didn't work really well. 
but I found another brand Ace and we've been running this thing and I ran it for I think it was like 12 might have been a couple weeks worth anyways in Idaho and then we've been running it here and man this thing it will roast you out of the tent and burns all night what long. Do you yeah it burns it's, all night long That's yeah and it's, so it's just a hopper gravity feed you don't plug it in you don't do anything you don't have to go gather firewood and it's unbelievable i mean we're waking up it's the up. first time i've slept in a tent that stays warm all night and for those of you that are out there that have um, uh, not been around wall tents there is not a wood stove built that will run all night mm -hmm. in a wall tent so you, so what what you end up doing is running a heavier sleeping bag um, because you can't i mean unless you're getting up in the middle of the night and stuff yep. in wood the most you're going to get out of even really good wood stoves maybe 3 4 hours yeah i mean yeah you might get six at, i mean a perfect conditions with great wood you know and perfect yep. yeah and then you wake up you know tents or mm -hmm. it's just a single wall so it, the yeah, temperature no drops insulation. fast yep so this is the first time i've ever slept in a tent that was heated all night long and um so some of the benefits to that are because you can you can let your stove go out and just sleep in a, in a warm bag and get up in the morning and start the fire but man it is sure nice to get up in the morning to a warm tent but one of the benefits that you don't think about is you know when you're hunting in snow and cold, you're getting wet, mm -hmm. and you only have a few hours at night to try to dry your gear out. Yep. You know, you can come back. That's all. Like the first thing I do, take my boots off, get them by the stove. You know, don't even make dinner yet, and and try to get your your gloves yep. dry. Well, even if you're up until nine, ten o'clock at night, that's only two, three hours. And so if, even if you stoke the fire, you might get a couple more hours out of it. So it seems like every day your gear gets a little bit wetter. You, yeah. know, you don't mm -hmm. quite get it dried out. And so with the stove being able to run all night, you know, we're getting 12 hours of drying a night. You yeah. know, from when we get back at six o'clock until we leave at six o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's a huge benefit to it. And then plus I wear contacts, so I'm just, I can't let them freeze. So I'm constantly like, you know, digging holes in the floor, you know, putting <laughs> putting um, uh, socks over them, you know, <laughs> hiding them in my sleeping bag. But even if you're gone like 12 hours oh, in yeah. a day, yeah. it'll still freeze. And so there's that. Um, water. Water is hard, a hard deal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was morning, five below five zero below. this morning. Yep, five, five below, below zero this morning. Yep. Water's just frozen solid in the cook tent. But the water that we've got over in the sleep tent is still unthawed mm -hmm. yep. and that's huge that's a huge benefit and so um, um we're at a road camp obviously travis could you pack that in you, you know i think it'd be a little much i would probably yeah i would i don't think i would like i you know and the, what i was going to bring up is so their cylinder stove and then i think riley stove and i used to and what i i posted about it on rock slide mm -hmm. And somebody on there, and I can't remember who it was, mentioned that Riley Stove had been making uh, the same uh, pellet adapter for theirs. You know, like the little Riley I had definitely could have packed that in. I mean, it was a pretty compact, lightweight stove. But you still have to pack in wood pellets. Yep, that's the only thing. And so I don't know if it would be worth it. like a, for an outfit or yep, running an outfit sure. camp or something like that. But, and the other cool thing about this pellet stove is that I really should have mentioned is you do not like if we wanted to switch to wood midway through the night and we run out of pellets uh -huh. we could i mean we can switch right. over to wood and you use just put it. that it's, cover back yep, on the back it's just of the no and yep and or even just shut it and go ahead and run it gotcha. so we could switch back and forth very very easy so that's another benefit of it is i mean and pretty much 
if you're across, well, you know, the northern, most of the western United States, you know, there's some places in Wyoming, you know, antelope hunting or something, you might not be able to find wood. But most places, you can find wood and be able to burn and have a fire. So that's what's super nice about it. And, like, over propane, you know, like Robbie was saying, propane's nice, too, and a lot of guys run it. But, I mean, it is dangerous. There's some dangers mm-hmm. with propane. You know, you never know starts burning funny or you run out or whatever and i mean and propane only heats from the top of the that's right up and where a wood stove radiates from underneath it exactly so you get a lot of floor heat with a wood stove that you don't get with a propane bottle i found with propane bottles the only way you can get them really to 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 keep pace with the wood stove is you got to bury them in the floor and that's hard with like a like a five gallon yep or excuse me the 20 pound propane ones i call them five gallons but they're 20 pounds and that one right there that's a that's probably a 40 pound yeah i think yeah, so. yeah I mean, we'd have to dig a four foot hole yeah and so so propane's nice to just get up take the chill off the air but mm-hmm. nothing beats yeah we and, and and it's cool because it runs real quick like we put that in the cook tent you can start it up stop it really fast but you can't beat that pellet stove and it's been pretty impressive and then just the wood heat, the way it dries things out. Yeah, you can't really dry anything yeah. with that. I mean, propane. you can dry it with propane a little bit, but it's just, it's not. I destroy it's a, a lot of heat. stuff with propane. Me too. <laughs> Light on fire. Some of that has to do <laughs> too with much, too, too, fast. Too, fast. too much, too fast. Yeah. Uh, your guys' tent has almost burned up at least three times that I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, well, we made a few pretty critical <laughs> errors, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, to Minor light things. your stove pellets, your wood pellets, you have to have lighter fluid. And so Travis has this little thing of lighter fluid that he squirts in there, and then he has a small, like, a butane torch, like what they use in a shop. And and you, you squirt the lighter fluid in there, and then you run the butane torch in there, and, and it works really well. But you shouldn't leave the butane torch either sitting on the wood stove or underneath, or underneath it. <laughs> And I won't say. And then make sure you turn it off too. Make sure you turn it off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a different night. That was another night. So one night, a, a guy in camp, an unnamed person, left it under the stove, and Travis went in there. And he thought, "Oh, I better get that out of there." And he picked it up, and it burned his hand. It was so hot; it's probably on the verge of exploding. And then another night, the same guy actually didn't put it under the stove that time. But he just left it running laying on the floor. <laughs> so Travis comes in, and it's the tent's full of gas. So there, there, there are some hazards, and, 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 and this guy doesn't even drink. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, but that's kind of been the, 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 the game-changer piece of gear. And game-changer mm-hmm. is such a worn-out phrase. But Travis and I were talking about the other night that that stove changed the game because we can dry stuff out. At oh, night. man. I mean, and not have frozen water in the morning. And I've never been able to do that. It's just, it's just something you have to suffer through well and being comfortable like i think a lot of people really underestimate that you know and like for me and i don't know and i'm not scared to say i mean i feel like i was a lot tougher when i was younger but every year that goes by it's like i want to be more comfortable and if i'm more comfortable then i want to hunt harder yes and that's so important like when you i mean when you wake up to a cold tent, say it's 4.30 a.m., you got to get going. Well, like, when it's warm, I'm up at 4 a.m., cooking coffee, happy to be awake. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. But, man, when it's miserable, you don't want to get up. And it starts to wear on you, and especially, 
say 10 days in mm -hmm. it really starts to wear yeah, on you you can't hunt you can't hunt very hard i can do that kind of stuff a night or two yeah if i like hey it's the only way to get this buck yep. you got to go in there you got to sleep in the pup tent i can do that a night or two but when it gets cold like this and you're really trying to keep the pressure on the bucks hunting every day being out at the prime times morning yep. and evening and you know there's been a bunch of days we've been out pretty much all day yep um uh that you got to have a good camp and and there's a guy up the drainage here that, that <laughs> is uh, we're not making fun of the dude he has balls of steel this guy is sleeping out in five below weather in a pup tent and he's got um a, like he, he's got a toyota pickup he's got it backed up to his tent and then he opens his tailgate he has like a, just a small kitchen in there cooks out of his truck and then he put up uh like one of those little picnic you see them in the summertime at like barbecues and yeah. stuff, mm -hmm. or down at the quick river. shade or whatever. Quick shade, called, yeah. yeah. It's like a, a a tent, but it's just the top. Yep. And he's got that, and you know we have been by his camp, you know, three or four times, and I mean, just brutal. He <laughs> must be tough. However, I noticed he quit today. He left. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Because and all he's doing is spending all his time trying to survive. Yeah. You know, trying to stay warm. Yeah. That's been every day. I mean, honestly, since the season opener, we we saw him actually camped in a different spot. Yep, yep. I we drove he was by. Up on yeah, top, remember? Wasn't he? I forgot and we about drive that. by at five in the morning, and he not a light I mean, on not, camp. And it doesn't. And I don't. I'll bet he. I don't think he even went out that no. day. And then, like, geez, we've yeah, we've saw him in camp more than he's been out yep. and about. So he's tough, but he's not hunting. Yeah, right. that's the problem. And he's not being effective. That's yeah. for dang yeah. sure. He's just surviving rather than thriving. And that's yeah. a big deal. I mean, that makes or breaks it, you know, and eating good, having good food, warm place to come back to. I mean, like right now, it's 70 degrees in the cook tent, yep. hanging out, yep. everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. And when you can do that, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So congratulations on your awesome tents and camp. Yeah. I feel a little like a covetousness. You guys, out. yeah, you guys have like the Taj Mahal over there. Mine is, uh, I don't have a stove that goes all night, so I just take the chill off at night and in the morning with a, just a buddy heater. And, and to be frank, every morning I'm and so glad when I come over there to bring you coffee and you're still alive. Because <laughs> that buddy yeah, heater scares me. I'm like, what if she doesn't answer? Should I go in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do... Uh, yeah, I do shut it off when I go to bed. It seems like the safer Probably thing to idea. do. Yeah, I want to wake up tomorrow. But you had to fire it up this morning, right? Didn't you tell me you got up at 4 and turned it on? Oh, yeah. It was cold. It was, it was, it was 5 below zero. Yeah, yeah, it was I mean, cold this Jordan morning. Jordan has no heat in her tent. It's no. That, so. And honestly, we'll probably be like, we'll be, we'll, I bet we're going to be way colder than yeah, that tonight. Yeah, because there's less clouds tonight. Yeah, we have no yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll roll the dice on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome to sleep in our tent. I'm going to throw some puffy pants Tra on. Travis might I get up and right. jump over you in the middle of the night. If you get tangled <laughs> up in that beard, it's going to take a week to get you out of that thing. So. <laughs> oh, man. But this morning I woke up and put frozen boots on, and I came in here, and I was like, Robbie, my boots are frozen. He's like, oh, I got a boot heater over there. You should have told me. I'm like, we what? Yeah, <laughs> talking gear, heater? talking gear. That's that's like, yeah, I've had that thing heater. for about 10 years, but it was a game changer too. And what it is, it's one of those Pete, P-E-E-T, boot dryers. And a lot of people have the electric ones, mm -hmm. but they make a, uh, a propane one, that's and awesome. it just runs off of a one-pound bottle. And um, um, you put your boots on it upside down, and don't think of like a, a stove flame. It's not like that. It's not even as big a flame as a Bic lighter. It's very small, but what it does is it circulates the air through those boots. And I've never had it not dry them um, at night. And, and, and the important thing about 
keeping your feet warm is putting on warm boots in the morning. Oh, I don't man. care how mm -hmm. good of a boot you have. If you put on a cold boot in the morning, you're you're at a big disadvantage. You get your feet have to warm that boot yep. back up. And I, I've had days where it never does. You never get back up to temperature. Mm -hmm. For sure. Know? And so that, that's huge too. So that's been kind of my go go to piece of gear for this hunt. And then of course my Swaro 15s. I just love them, man. I, and that's how I found that buck today over there. And yeah. I mean, to to me, like this is uh, the first year I've really ran the BTX hard, and mm -hmm. man, it's it's unbelievable. And your BTX is it on a ninety-five? Yep. Gotcha. So it's about a thirty-five. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and it's just unbelievable. I mean, today I glass super long range all day and it's just it's unbelievable and you how saw clear. three shooter bucks today yep three shooter gotcha. bucks and so I, this is the, the i have some btx's too just like travis's um the only complaint i have of the btx's and maybe i just haven't used them enough because they're my least used optic i use my eights the most then i use my 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 uh, 25 to 50 spotter yep next but then my 15s right yep. around in there my btx's are kind of the to get the least use only because for me it takes a pretty special spot to use them i gotta have deer country at like two miles and sure. out now you can use them closer mm -hmm. you yep. probably yeah. are but but that I, it's not even a complaint about them it's just been like man a lot of times i'm yeah so close to a mountain i i, I if i look through them all i see is trees you know for what sure I mean? They're, and that's definitely my style is really back it up like mm -hmm. that's really what i push for is i really try to back it up and i just feel like letting my optics do the work for me really saves me and uh, man i just i don't know i think like when they come to really finding a really special buck a lot of times you just gotta spot them from a long ways out you, you just yep and yeah. it just takes a lot of deer to find that i mean we've looked at a lot of bucks this past I was I, ha I was gonna write it down and I have them. Yeah. Travis and I've been here eight days. I would imagine we've, we're seeing five to ten bucks a day. For sure. Fair. Yeah, and so I think maybe even pushing past few days where we were doing a lot of long range glass and maybe even a couple more than that. So yeah. yeah so we're probably looking at sixty bucks, seventy yeah. bucks. And today is the first day we've racked up shooters. Yep. For sure, right? We yep. don't see any shooters before today. No, <laughs> I mean like one. And when we say shooters. <laughs> Like I'm ta we're talking like 180 bigger 180 or plus, something right. really this is special. Not, by the way, people, this is not a great unit where we're at. It really yeah. is not. I haven't seen a person with a deer yet. Have you? Nope. We haven't ran into a person. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, yeah. One. Which one? 30-incher, man. Oh. Or no, 28. <laughs> yeah. 28. The yeah. game warden later told I us that it was Those like 130. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And, but he's, he's – he, according to the game warden, we didn't get to see the buck, but the game warden said it was nothing special. Jordan and I found its gut pile yesterday when we were down there hunting on that. Was that the one right below camp? Pretty sure we did, yeah. Way over there. Their tent oh. – we found their tent. Okay. And then just down the road I saw a bunch of crows, so I walked out there and – and um, uh, there, the, that was there. But he, that's neither here nor there. But what we're saying is we looked at 60-plus bucks, and today, and today was a magical day. Oh, 11th man. of November, the storm broke, clear, good visibility. Yesterday was good, too. We just had no visibility, so we yep. didn't see a lot of deer. And um, so, Travis, you know you saw two deer today that were shooters. Two for sure, and there was one three-point that was pushing, I mean, a 30-inch wide three-point. I I. I decided I wasn't gonna, I wasn't interested in him, but he was a, he was a really cool buck, just because, and not the, I might not shoot him, if you the conditions. Yeah, well, it's just like we are, man. I've been hunting third, 
I've been hunting this season for <laughs> can we edit that out? <laughs> yes. I've been hunting this season or uh down here for multiple years and this is the best weather. Yeah. It's the had very and, best we've ever had. Lo- and I mean yeah. it's just been keeps stacking up and it's been awesome for yeah. quite some time. Been a number of years that it's since. Yeah, usually you get one day. Yeah. One good day of a storm. Next morning it's great and then yeah, the next day it's been 50 living it up. Yep. So no, no, it's a lot of happy people. Yeah, it should be good. So yeah, conditions are perfect, so it's like, well, just as well see what we can come up with and so I'm between you, you and I might have seen the same deer today. Yeah, one of them bucks. So we yeah. know we saw at least two shooters today. If For we, sure. If we say one of them, we yep. both saw the same one. So, yep. um, And we've been here eight days, and we saw no shooters till mm-hmm. today. Yep. So that's what and I mean a lot today. of bucks. And we saw yeah. mm-hmm. and a lot of, lot of bucks. So I tried talking Travis into that one today <laughs> via inReach. <laughs> He wouldn't do I it. He said, do it. he said that won't work on me. <laughs> I've, I, I've tried it with Robbie, too, and I just can't get him no, excited. No, I'll tell you what. This is why I'm extra picky this year. My son got a cow elk this year. So we're, we're great on meat. We got three deer last year. We probably still have a full deer left. So I'm fine with not shooting a buck. Yeah. I really am. I want him to be, you know, something special, you know, something I really like. Or, or, or Otherwise, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. You know, you don't have to get one on every hunt. Mm-hmm. I had that hunt earlier this year. I didn't get one on. It's it's all good. No, and I think yeah. I eat, you know, eating tags, that's just what, it's just all part of it. Like, mm-hmm. you want to really try to find the top-notch bucks. You're just going to have to eat tags. Unless you can hunt premium places. But Unless you got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's just these, you know, pretty easy to get tags, I mean, it, we're not in this much. So you just. Yeah, we're not. You, you yeah. just roll and yeah, go as hard one, as you can. One and, point, I yeah. think it would take to draw this tag. Yeah, so, so it's nothing. You know? And even if you had even if you had a lot of money, I've talked about, about this with Jason Carter before, he's not even so sure that's that's the key to it either because if you have a lot of money you can go on a lot of good guided hunts and but some of those guys they got to go on a lot of guided hunts where they turn up a 200 Mm -hmm. and i don't i'm not against guided hunts at all frick i get old i may that may be what i have to go to but i I don't even if i had the money to do it i'm not so sure i would i mean i might pay to go hunt in alberta yeah you know just to get access to a place well and that's Um, a yeah and you got it yeah you have to be basically guided in canada but yeah that's the thing is I don't know. That's what I love about mule deer, though, is, I mean, all those tags I've ever, I've never had a premium tag, and it's like I've been able to, and I don't know, for me, everybody throws around 200, but man, like, when it hits 190 plus, like, I'm in. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. Uh, that is as good as it gets. Like, yeah. I mean, you're talking B and C quality, mm-hmm. and man, a- anybody can do it. That's the thing about mm-hmm. mule deer yeah. is like there is opportunity. I mean, even if you start out in Nebraska or Jordan's at, mm-hmm. you go, I mean, down into Arizona. I mean, I have saw some quality bucks on over-the-counter archery units, mm-hmm. Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, mm-hmm. Nevada, all of them. I mean, and we're talking, you could kill a 200-inch buck on the worst units you really can mm-hmm. i mean and it's been done and not that it's easy and not that anybody should plan on it but it is possible and that's what's so cool about mule deer for me yep yep me, me, me too me too and jordy you killed cool. a 190 buck in nebraska didn't you was that buck 190 he was right buck? at 200 200 yes uh, Gross. 200 out of nebraska can with happen. a happen yeah, yeah it can happen. kansas i mean yeah. there's places yeah yeah, yeah. and that, that wyoming happen. buck was 188 and change yeah uh-huh 
Yeah, that's great. So that's um, those two bucks in what the last five years, four years? Yeah, seventeen and eighteen. That's seventeen awesome. and eighteen. So it's last top year. Notch that's bucks. Great. Sixteen, seventeen. Don't remember. Mm -hmm. Right in there. But yeah, very, top fairly notch close bucks. together. So yeah. Case in point, it can yep. be done. Just yeah, and that's anywhere. yeah, and that's the coolest thing about mule deer. And I don't know. And I think a lot of guys think, oh, you got to have some premium tag. You got to. Well, I, I mean, I'd love to, but yeah, too hard and to get. Mm -hmm. I've There's, only had one. Yeah. You know, and and I didn't even kill my biggest buck on it because the problem with the premium tag is you get one shot at that's it. That's right. Where you know depends on next year if we can get this tag again. Yep. Or even if it's if it's a year after that. Look at look at how much we've learned in the last eight days. Yep. You know, we can build on that experience. And that's, Jordan and I were talking about this um, a couple of days ago because she was asking about Nevada and everything, but we were talking about her experiences in, in Wyoming. And she, that, that other buck in Wyoming was 188. Did I hear mm -hmm. you say that right? Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I would go start over in Nevada, which is so unpredictable. You just don't even know when you're going to get a tag compared to that's basically an over-the-counter unit is, in Wyoming. Yeah. You'd have to, you're not living there now, you'd have to draw mm -hmm. it, but you can draw it about every year, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's, yep. just, that's been Travis's kind of formula, yep. too, is just keep hunting these places as much as you can, even if they're not primo places. Yeah. You know, and that's, because uh, I'd love to have premium tags. I really would. Yeah, know? and especially when you're talking about, like, that summertime stuff. Man, if you start to learn places and can scout it, you know, that June or start in July, end of June, start in July and August. And if it's a place you can go back to, I mean, regularly, I, even if it's every other year or every, I just feel like you're so much better off than a once in, you know, 10 year type hunt. Right. And, and I guess what frustrates me the most is I see so many guys wanting this limited draw stuff. Yeah. They want the States to have more limited. And guys like, I mean, oh. it's them fighting words to me yeah because me they too. don't realize because i'm old enough to know that when we've done that just over the hill from where we're at right here is one of the premium units in this state and you can't even draw it with 20 non-resident points and i think that I, we had a couple friends this year that were residents so pumped they were ready to draw it they were ready to go they got shut out they had yep. like 15 16 points something like that and, and and so it doesn't matter how good that unit is if it takes 15 points to draw and no point creep, you might get it twice in your whole life. And you know what? You probably won't get a 200-incher because you're not going to know the unit hunting yep. it mm -hmm. twice. Well, and you might get hosed and get 60-degree weather on your hunt. That's, I think, the bottom line right there is, I mean, yeah, what, what, you're going to put 15, 16, 20 years on mm -hmm. a place. Mm -hmm. And, man, like last year, I was down here hunting in a T-shirt. Like, mm -hmm. it was hot. Yep. Unbelievable, super tough You hunting. killed a buck, though. Yeah, I killed a buck, a pretty good buck. But, like, it's just not – it wasn't like this year, you know what I mean? And that can happen, and that's what I think happens to a – you know, I talked to some guys – as soon as my hunt ended, the fourth season tag opened, and some guys came in early, and they did it right, man. They had 15 years. And that's what's crazy is this third. it took them to draw it? Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. And the third season I was uh -huh. on was like uh -huh. nothing. I bought a land voucher tag for uh -huh. nothing. I mean, uh -huh. it's nothing. And these guys, um, you know, they were – and I was excited to hear how they were going to do. And I was super excited because I was like, man, I wonder how that fourth season's going to be. Is maybe a few days going to uh, make or break, you know, you. this difference. Well, they talked to me after the season, and, I mean, they just – they had a brutal hunt it was awful the and they 15 years you yeah. know mm -hmm. gone 
And I mean, and I look at like kind of my strategy is I've been down. I mean, I've been here. I come every single year. I will make it happen. Like I've bought leftover. I have hunted leftover units. I've hunted and they're not great. And you can't go in there and expect a lot. Like one unit I hunted is horrible. I mean, it was easy to get the tag and it was, I mean, guys everywhere and it was tough, but I still killed a good buck. And that's the whole thing is you get in here, you get after it. You never know what you might happen. Right. Mm-hmm. A little bit of weather. Yeah. Right. Well, good deal, bud. Anything cool. else, Jordy? Uh, there's one little thing. I know you guys are wanting to go to bed, but I'm going to just drag you on. Go for it, yeah. Um, one thing I learned this week was I was talking to you guys about hunting edges. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really cool, I thought. Because I threw out a scenario where, like, I've been in an area a lot where there's deer always on these, like, edges where like what vegetation turns from one to the other or something similar. And like, that's a lot what we were seeing. Yep. Those yep. edges, like edges of what pine trees going into quakies type thing, or like quakies going into brush. I don't know. A lot of where you found that buck this morning was like that. I thought we spent Jordan and I found that buck at daylight this morning. We didn't get right on him because it was such primo glassing conditions. We won't, we, we could see everything. So we we yep. spent about one more hour just looking in some other places that Travis wasn't able to get to. And then I called it. I said, you know, it's 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Let's get over there. Well, getting over there required chaining up the truck. We've got a horse here. Got Charlie all saddled up. Got him ready to go. Had to drive down the drainage two miles and then go up four miles on the mountain. And But where that buck was is what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Was he was right on the edge of where the oak meets the sage meets the quakies and then it's it's in the aspen conifer zone so there's there's there, there's scattered conifer in there and i had a biologist tell me one time a long time ago and i remembered this that deer are creatures of the edge and and what he means by that is where all these different plant types come together that's typically where you're going to find deer and not not just the different plant types but different plant ages so it can't be just all old growth of whatever i mean we see old growth aspen up here and the deer are in it but i think it's because you can see in it mm-hmm. you know there's not now there's I not agree. low brush but i don't think they spend a lot of time in it and where jordan and i went up the mountain tonight and we're hoping to get a crack at that buck um it's it's so thick but it's just perfect and we were watching does down in there and 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 what that does is with with all that edge and then the um Different in ages, I think, is called succession. So you have old aspen down to young aspen, and then it goes down to your, your brush types. That's a lot of feed for deer is what it is. So, yeah, if you're, you know, you'll find certain deer out in wide open sagebrush mm-hmm. or, you know, old growth quakey or even, even timber, but I don't think they spend a lot of time there. I think they've really got to get where the food sources are. And so that's what's great about this unit. It's got a lot of succession and a lot of edge. And then the other thing I was going to mention, too, is the burns. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. it's a giant, I think, uh, so many guys are thinking, oh, man, the unit's ruined. Like, we had a fire here. And, man, if there's one thing that this, the West needs more of. Is burns. Is burns. Like, there is... And not always, and I, I, I mean, there's some places that, you know, on the winter range and stuff, but there's a lot of, we have managed fires so well and really inhabited deer habitat. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of these places, like, I mean, where I was hunting tonight, I really 
would bet that if it wouldn't have burned in there, that I probably wouldn't have seen any deer in there. There would have, mm -hmm. yeah, no, they wouldn't have been in there. A couple decades ago, that mountain, there, oh, there was just a few places on it to find. Yeah, deer. just so it was thick. around those meadows. Yep. Everything else was just old growth timber. Yep. And like Jordan was talking about, that edges. What's interesting is, is you know, these burns, they kind of come in and they. You know, and they're kind of mosaic burns. So you got some standing live, you got some, you know, where it didn't get really hot. And all those deer, it seems to me like they're kind of in those edges. Mm -hmm. And it does make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the best buck you've seen so far was right in, in a, a two-year-old burn, yep. right? Yep. No quakies, no brush. Nothing. Just burnt timber. And if you looked at it with all this snow, you'd think there's no way those deer are going to eat in there. And then I'm watching these does, and they're rooting down, you know, underneath the snow, grabbing, you know, young growth plants. I'm not exactly sure what they were, but, yeah, they're in there grabbing. Yeah. And there's a reason they're there. I mean, deer and feed, that's the, the hunting feed is very important. So, yeah. And so there's a lot of potential in the future. You know, some of these, some of these fires that have happened out west, especially this year, mm -hmm. there's a lot of potential for future i mean for some guys to really exploit and maybe have some great hunting in there mm -hmm. and the animals ought to they really ought to respond to some of it i mean i know some of the fires i've hunted some of that country in some different places and it's going to be good there's going to be some i think it'll help yeah it usually does but the only place fires tend to, to hurt it, it seems like in nevada when they get those low for sure. elevation on the winter range and cheat grass they can't problems keep the cheat grass out of it. that's the problem that's yep. the problem where some of these higher elevation for fires sure. you don't get cheat grass yeah you know and i noticed this burns a dirty burn it's not just burnt to the forest floor there's still there's still that mosaic you know some some trees still left and um some places it didn't burn as hot yep. and everything and from what i understand is from fires that's really what you're looking for yeah so it's some good stuff, you know, and that's just, it's Mother Nature's way of taking care of all this. And that's, it was what was, it, I mean, lightning strikes. I mean, yeah. that's it was designed to strikes. happen. <laughs> so when we're, when we're suppressing every single fire, we've done ourselves a lot of damage. So, yeah, yeah and it'll be good for elk and deer hunters. Yeah. And that was the other thing I wanted to mention was like the elk hunting. Like, man, it's been, I mean, if we were hunting elk. Mm -hmm. We'd have got bulls. Oh, I know geez, I'd have got we them. should mm -hmm. have been the second really, day. really happy. Like 300 bulls yeah. too, in an awesome. OTC unit. Yeah. yeah, in an OTC unit. But and that's that's because we're using deer hunting tactics. For sure. And we're seeing a lot of country. So they're, and elk stick out like so oh, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, I could spot an elk with both my eyes shut on some days. I mean, they're they're just easy to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see them no, at five or six miles. Yep. You know, you really can through an eight power pair of binoculars. Sure. You can see them at three miles. Yep. And so a lot of these elk hunters, and you know, we're not saying we're better than them. It's just like when we see them and they're like, oh, we're not seeing any elk and the unit sucks. And I look at yeah, Travis and like, I can see six right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Seriously. And I mean, it's just because we're using deer hunting tactics on elk. So if you're an elk hunter, you know, optics, it, and we're late season, snow in the background, you know, maybe they wouldn't be as effective early season when the, when, when, when the foliage is on. You should be using rut tactics and stuff like that. But late season, honestly, I think elk hunting's easier than buck Oh, I do too. And the there's some season. great opportunity. And that's yeah. one thing I noticed, and I, I'm not – I'm kind of like Robbie in the way I don't quite completely give up elk hunting. I, I will still do it, but I don't really engage in it a lot. But, like, seeing some of these bulls, it's like, man, Jordan, you sure you don't want to go down and get a tag? I know, I should have. <laughs> Jordan could drive into town and get one. Yeah, because so. we, we've, yeah, it's been pretty cool. But a lot so. of the elk hunters we're running to, they're just, they're just walking around. 
They're just yep. still hunting or they're driving the roads. And, you know, we're not talking big, fat, beer-drinking, lazy guys. It's just they don't get very far from their trucks because it's brushy, it's heavy covered. Yep. I don't think they really know what, what to look for. Mm -hmm. But if they would get up on some of these ridges and just sit their butts down for a couple hours, you could just hunt two hours a day. And yep. go to town the rest of the day, and you still see more elk than oh, the guys sure. that are oh, out for there sure. just pounding it. You know, like um, the survivalist up the up the road here. I'm not even sure he saw an elk, and he was surrounded and by him. And me and Jordan were we literally him from his camp. From his camp, yeah. we pulled from next to his camp, and we're glassing and elk. elk. And after we had talked to him like ten minutes earlier, and he, I haven't seen a thing. Yeah, we get to <laughs> so hard yeah, to help him. So. Hard. Anyways, what else, Jordy? That's all I got, man. Thanks for coming and filming the hunt. Well, this will yeah. be out, what, early part of the year? Yeah. Good deal. If well, not before Christmas. Hopefully, hopefully we have a happy ending to it. But even if we don't, it was a good time. So yeah, it's yeah. fun it's to hang awesome. out with you. Yeah, it's fun to hang out with you guys, always. Yeah, it's been awesome. Lots of laughs. A lot. Too many laughs. <laughs> too many. I can't believe you got the hot spring story out of me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's the naked story is worse. Oh, that poor girl. That poor girl. I still feel. What you know, about the cot in the in your work closet? What oh, about yeah. short nap story? Maybe you ought to touch on that okay, real we'll, quick. Okay, we'll close the podcast with this, okay? So I'm 51 years old, but I don't think it has anything to do with age. I have been this way since I was a little kid. About 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, My it doesn't matter if I got nine hours of sleep. I get tired, and I have to go take a little nap. And we're talking... Five to 20 minutes, it just just a little old power nap. Well, you know, like I said, I manage a, a group of trainers. We're open 24 hours a day. I'm there at all these odd hours. And so, you know, I'm I'm sleeping on my desk, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> so finally, I just got a cot and stuck it in the closet. And it's right next to my, my assistant's desk. And it just drives her crazy that, like, customers are in here and they're looking for you and you're in there sleeping i'm like yeah don't tell them don't knock on the door and i'm only in there i'm not i don't think i've taken over a 20 minute nap unless i like stay up real late and everything and so uh, yeah i think the first day we got here i robbie literally says i'm gonna have a little nap and i thought okay he's gonna have a nap for an hour, two hours, <laughs> something, and I'm headed out, and I drive down one road, and I turn around, and I had been gone literally maybe five <laughs> minutes, like probably three minutes. Robbie got in the bed of his truck. I come back by, and he's up, oh, awake, and he says, I'm Wide ready away. to go. Ready to <laughs> I said, it's been three he's, minutes. Yeah, I'm good, like, though. That's all I need. He's like, <laughs> that's all it takes. How long have I been out? Yeah. Yep. Jordan and I fell asleep up on the hill today, and I don't know oh, how yeah. long I sleep, 10 minutes I have no idea. You know, Jordan woke up and it was she good. said, was I snoring? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, my head tilted back that far. No, like, I've got didn't it. make a peep. Didn't make a That's peep. That's awesome. So, I, and good Jordan's quality. up here filming the hunt, so I'm a little self-conscious about falling asleep because I don't know what, what she's, she's going to do. She's got some good stuff. She, she probably I'm going to make sure Jordan puts that in hey, the video, I got some too. I do. Stuff of Travis last <laughs> night, too, though, so watch for Jordan's Instagram page. <laughs> but, hey, if Travis ever turns his Instagram page back on, it's Natural Born Hunter and T R L B R N. Yep. Hunter. Yep. It's it's pretty awesome. And it's on there. It's uh private, but Tra Travis yeah. is more disciplined. Oh, you turned than the it rest back on. Us. When when social media starts to take over his life, he just shuts it off. Me, I just keep posting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Cool. And you'll see it's same uh, screen name on Rockslide, right? Yep, that's right. All right, good deal. Cool. Anything else? Thanks, guys. No, I think that's it. All right, thanks, Jordy. All right, thanks, guys. See you.